0: are listening to the Remorseless Podcast. Hey guys, what's up? It's Beth. Welcome to episode number, wait for it, 39. Okay, 39. One away from the decade that eight years ago, when I entered that decade, I thought, man, 40s are old. So now that I'm like two years away from the next one, I'm now of the opinion, hmm, just a number, just a number, you guys. So I hope you feel that same way. I hope you are continuing to show up remorselessly on your own journeys. I hope you are being encouraged by the folks that we have on the show, hearing their stories of transformation, of growth, of struggle, of overcoming. And that is what we have here for you this week. So I'm going to play the intro from the show here in two short shakes. But again, thank you as always for joining me. So, all right, settle in, buckle up, episode 39. Let's go. Hi guys, it's Beth. Thank you for joining me this week on another episode of Remorselessly Biblical. This week, we have one of our own with us, Wendy Knoll from the Life Network for Women platform. Wendy is an ordained minister. She's an author. She is a certified addiction recovery coach. The woman has so much to give. And I just, it's always, always, always an incredible pleasure. I can't really even do it words. I can't really do it justice when I say how much it means to me when I get to meet other incredible people on their journeys that I've never known before, but that God has put on my path and in your path. And like, we're doing life together. It's always so exciting for me to say, I didn't know Wendy Knoll growing up. I didn't know her at all, right? Like I didn't know that this human existed on the other side of the planet, or in this case, on the other side of the border. She's from Canada, she lives in Canada. But you know, when I am preaching and speaking and ministering to young girls, one of the things that I always say to them is, I know this is hard, I know it's hard. But here's the thing, there are so many people in the world they're going to come on your path they're going to come in the, the form of a new friend or a new companion or a new teammate or a co-worker you just haven't met them yet there are other really incredible people maybe just down the street that you've not yet met right so the people in our lives that have hurt us that we thought were going to turn out to be somebody else to us it's painful when those relationships dissolve but when you can keep the faith, and you know that we serve a greater God than any of us can ever imagine, right? God gives us immeasurably more than we can ask for, think of, or imagine with our own limited human minds. When we believe that He has our greater good in mind, that He works out all things for good. Romans 8, 28, we talked about that briefly on here, on this episode, if you believe that, people are just up ahead on the journey, like Wendy was for me. So. It was such a pleasure to speak to her to learn more about her story and I can't wait for you guys just to hear her share that with you if you don't know her story yet and the end of this she tells us where we can go to get her incredible book that talks to us more about the things that she's gone through and how she has actually learned to overcome the trauma that she experienced in her childhood so would you guys please do me the honor of welcoming Wendy Knoll to the show Thank you for joining us on Remorselessly Biblical. It's been a long time coming, like we just talked about.
1: (laughs) Hi, It's great to finally meet you. Like, oh, no, we're not in person, but this is as good as it gets right now, eh? I know, exactly. And it feels like we have been kind of connected
0: and kind of knew each other because we're both on the Life Network Women Platform. That's right. Yep. And that is, I always start with telling our viewers and listeners how we know each other, because it's interesting. I'm a big believer in God's providence. And, you know, I believe God talks to us through the people that he brings through our life at just the right time for just the right reason. So I oftentimes will let people know I've known this person for 40 plus years, or I don't know, I met this person last week, or I don't know this person at all. <laughs> so it's just fun, right? This is life. It and is. I, think, I think when we come alongside each other, it just makes it really worthwhile. I know. So I thought it would be helpful for the viewers who follow the show to just hear a little bit about your background. I know um, you have really helped people and I, I believe it's based on your own experience heal, right? From this journey from addiction and trauma kind of through that whole season of life and, and everything that goes on in that sort of space. I had a trauma survivor. She's a good friend of mine here in Grand Rapids. Her name's Paula Joush. She was on the show a while ago and she really shares her journey. She pours into people who have been through traumatic experiences. So with whatever you're comfortable in terms of sharing, if you could just let our listeners and viewers know, kind of where your heart is, like your past experience, how you became a believer, that whole bit is really what we talk about on the show. Authenticity and how oftentimes our struggles really lead us to a closer
1: relationship to God. Awesome. I love it. Authentic. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, really, I start my talk off my testimony, um, whether it's in, you know, around fellowship with other addicts or even testimony in, in Christian circles. Um with the same thing. I mean, I don't have any memory prior to the age of eight, right? I was um, molested until I was 14 and gang raped at 13. And, you know, that's kind of how my journey began. And, And so I never really felt like I belonged anywhere, like just kind of this free floating sense. And I wasn't raised in a church. Um, I always knew there was something greater than me. And uh, I remember this red Bible that I had, and it gives the date of when I gave my heart to the Lord at nine years old. And uh, then at 13, I kind of was introduced to alcohol and drugs. And, you know, that kind of spiraled my life into (laughs) quite a bleak existence for several years. Yeah. Throughout your teenage years then, like from 13. Yeah. To- I t- yeah. I took a drink. My first drink at 13. Uh, my parents, we lived in the country and, and uh, my, I guess one of my dad's friends thought it'd be funny to give me a Ryan Coke. And yeah, it was funny. It burned all the way down and all the way up. My mom wasn't too impressed. <laughs> oh, no. And I was going to
0: ask about if it's okay. You're so you, you were your parents together? Were they divorced or what kind of
1: like familial construct did you have? Um, No, they were together, uh, you know, hardworking, I had like a sister, and we, you know, lived in a hobby farm and around animals and nature. And that's where I really found my solace. I remember this creek down the road and, and um, going there and just sitting there and kind of throwing pebbles in and like, I just felt like, i know today it's jesus right but i just felt this essence Mm -hmm. around me and it was just this kind of comfort that i knew right so i talk a lot about that in my book um just about nature and even later when i went to ministry school and you know studied to become an ordained minister that uh, um nature you know and and we see that kind of through parables in the bible right? right there's always examples of nature and metaphor in the bible
0: Yeah. I love that. That's where I find my um, connection with God the most too. Even like in days when I'm super stressed or I've been indoors and I'm just work, 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 work. And I think I need a minute. That's the first place I go is outside for fresh air. And I feel this really immediate sense of freedom. And I just feel like the greatness around me, you know? And and so I exactly kind of resonate with what you're saying. And, you know, I, I go back to, if we can, I heard you say at age nine, you were at age nine when you gave your heart to Jesus And then what? four years later, you had an incredibly traumatic experience. So when that happened, did you question like God? Did that how did it, I guess, change your view of God, the Jesus that you had accepted into your heart four years prior? Did it have an immediate effect or what would you say about that?
1: It was just it's it's kind of been a bit of a a ebb and flow type effect, you know, and um, I was angry at God for a long time, you know, kind of like why do bad things happen to good people? Where were you like, you know, the innocence of childhood, you know, and uh, I don't know, it just made it really difficult, you know, to, to really grasp on to this loving God that would allow this type of, you know, trauma to happen to children. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I can't imagine. And I, I know so many people that have gone through similar, you know, um, upbringings and experiences that just, like you said, in this innocent state, which Jesus says, come to me like children. Right. And then, and then people show up in our lives who just break that trust and break that innocence. And, and yet you're, I I imagine almost afraid to turn back to God because you're like, again, where were you? How can I trust you even if, if this thing happened to me if this experience and this, you know, sometimes it's ongoing with, with children and you just go, where is God in all of this? It's a really hard philosophy sort of, You know, um, I I remember when I went back to school as well, it was one of my favorite classes to take was just like theology and philosophy and kind of that question of, well, if, if an animal dies in the woods, as an example, is that a loving act? Because perhaps if that animal hadn't died at that moment, then something else was going to come along. Like you don't know. And and yet there are so many atrocities that happen in the world. You're like, I can't think of one thing that could come good that could come of this, you know? So then it becomes, what do you do with that? How do you turn the pain and the, the inner feelings and the things that you have no real agency or experience to draw from, to get through at such a young age. I mean, what did you, how did you get through it? How did your life begin to shift? And when did that happen?
1: Um, well, I looked, you know, in all the wrong places to yeah. fill that void. Yeah. But I remember one day, you know, I was, I was crying out to God and and just alone kind of in the fetal position in my room. And he gave me a vision. He showed me where he was, you know, and, and it was just like, he was in this um, beautiful, like kind of glowing globe almost. And his hand was reaching out and he was weeping mm. and, you know, he, he, gave me this essence, like I gave man free will, you know? And like, as if my child, you know, was going through something that I couldn't control, nor could I stop, but I didn't cause it either, you know? And But I would weep, you know? when, And I would be there through it, you know? And that's kind of what the essence that he gave me. It's like, you know, I didn't abandon you. I didn't forsake you, you know what I mean? But I was there. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, man was given free will. And sometimes as a result of that, you know, bad things happen to good people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I do. Um, and I, you know, the, the older I get and the longer I go on my own journey, the more women that I talk to, I think this is um, um, the percentage of us who have gone through situations over which we had no control and were physically, emotionally, otherwise harmed. And you just go. Wow! Right, the yeah. free will part, and and how can somebody willingly choose? And for me, uh, all the years of abuse and whatever form it took um, that caused trauma—I didn't even know trauma was a thing. Right, growing up in the eight, because the way I grew up was you don't talk about that stuff. You just pull yourself up by your bootstraps; it'll be okay. W- uh, worse things happen to people all day long. There are people starving, and all those things are true. But yet, it doesn't diminish what we all go through, like, how do you become whole again? How do you become trusting again? And, and really for me, it was about forgiveness. So that's my question to you. Were you able to forgive people that have harmed you in the past?
1: I was, I was absolutely. Um, You know, when I, when I picked up that first drink, it uh, started, you know, years of abuse of alcohol and drugs Mm -hmm. and even behavioral addictions, right. Um, Just to numb the pain right? Dr. Gabor Maté is one of the leading experts of addiction in Canada. And he said, it's not why the addiction, but why the pain, right? And so I learned to numb. But the thing is, it's still there, right? And uh, yeah, I was able to forgive, I was able to move forward, I spent years in all kinds of (laughs) therapies and groups and, you know, ministries and deliverances and you name it, and, you know, actually, it was in a 12 step fellowship that God met me again in 2000 in March of 2000. And I've been clean ever since. And I, you know, I always say, I'd like to say that the sky parted and the red carpet yeah. rolled out the <laughs> doves came down, but that wasn't like- Like confetti is right, coming down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it was just, I remember Joyce Meyer saying like, sometimes, you know, recovery is, it's a process, you know, layer by layer. Um, and that was my experience. But, you know, through my journey, I, you know, I began to understand Jesus in it, that relationship, like I wanted a relationship with this person of, you know, Christ, but this person of God, right, mm-hmm. I wanted a relationship. And so, you know, I I really was able to, and I'm a sensory experiencer, so I had to feel it. So, you know, um, I went through a few divorces, but I remember this one time I had left and, and I was with my kids sitting on my couch by myself, they were in bed. And there was this beautiful um, tree outside the window. And I just was like, so mad. I said, like, I need a tangible experience right now. And my whole body was full of goosebumps. And I knew that wow. I knew that I knew that he was with me. Wow. You know, and my biggest um. Uh, Forgiveness, uh, piece was, I didn't go through everything I went through for nothing. It's got to count for something. Wow. Right. So that's yes. how I turned it around. Yes. You know, God uses all things for his good. Right.
0: Absolutely. Right. Romans 8, 2, 8. And that's the whole thing. And, and it's true, but when you're in it, man, you are so far from believing it. It's like, you yeah. don't want to hear any of that. You are in so much pain. And like you, you mentioned the process hasn't started Yeah, There's, it is such a long time process, I think for so many people, and we often are the hardest on ourselves, right? We think we should be over it. We should get through it. We should just, whatever people tell us we should just do. And that's not it. It's um, a very personal process and it's a very um, grief, like you got to go through the stages, right? And you can't necessarily skip them. And also it's like, it's not a neatly packaged little point A to point B. It's not linear. It is in my experience, it's been, okay, I'm making a couple steps forward and then I may go backwards and I may go forward again and I may go yeah. even further far, you know, backwards, but yet God doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. He's there the whole time. And I think that is the thing that for me has helped is just to realize that no matter what your analogy with parenting is beautiful. It's like, look, I didn't cause my child to go through this. I hate that they're going through this. I weep with them. I feel their pain and sadness. And, um, that to me has been the, the best model personally. I'm I'm a relational sort of processor. And when yeah. I became a mom, that's when I realized the the unconditional love of God is not until I had my daughter because everybody else was like transactional. If I made them feel good, or if I was whatever, they looked like they wanted me to look or acted like I they wanted me to act, then they would like, like me. But my daughter didn't matter. Whatever she did was like, she couldn't make me unlove her. <laughs> You know, yeah, that's the thing. So can you talk to us a little bit about, you mentioned forgiveness in that process. What about self-forgiveness? Was there any sort of, a lot of what we talk about in the show too, is when we get stuck on our journeys and I found that guilt and shame and all of those things are sort of interwoven. Did you have to go through a process of
1: forgiving yourself for any of what you needed to heal from? I did. And, you know, it manifested in um, self-loathing. Yeah. you know, anger, there, there was the shame and guilt there, but there was also a lot of self and a lot of really unhealthy self comparisons. Um, mm. You know, the, if only I had this, if only I look like her and, you know, just always very insecure. Although I, externally I, I projected this hard wall, right. Yeah. But inside it was just this little girl that had kind of created my own prison and didn't know how to get out. I threw away the keys, right? Um, But little by little, God just showed me how to take the bricks down and allow people. You know, it's one thing to have somebody love on you, but it's another thing to receive it, to allow yourself to receive it. It's it's like I played out this victim mentality for a very long time. Mm -hmm. You know, and God slowly began to show me. I would say that it really hasn't been until the last... I want to say five, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially when I met my husband today, um, that I, I don't know. It's like, I can't even imagine if anybody had have told me this would be my life years ago. Like right. I, it's, it's kind of like, you know, I just feel like this sense of normalcy, whatever that is.
0: Yes. Well, you said it earlier, all this pain was not for naught. it mattered. It was for a reason. And our journeys look different. I was going to ask you, so you're married now. How long have you been
1: married? We've been married five years. A oh my goodness. Yeah. Wonderful man of God. When and is your
0: anniversary? I need to know this. June. Okay. I'm
1: going to talk to you about mine in a second. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah. So here, here we got married. We'd only known each other a month. Okay. We honored God. for I honored God for the first time in my life. Um, no premarital sex, right? Yep. yep. And oh, I get it. You know, like, it's just like, like he washed me clean that night. And I've never looked I got goosebumps. I know he's here, right. And he washed me clean. And I just this journey has just been amazing. Right. However, just before COVID. Okay, he was going to work, we had a legal business and it broke down like it, it dissolved because of COVID. But anyways, so I get this text message in a hospital. I'm like, Okay. What? Are you serving documents in a hospital? Uh, and I'm um, okay. Wait a this is a man that never goes to the doctor. Okay? Long story short, he almost died. He had aortic dissection, which is basically a tear in one of the main arteries and his basically his heart was bleeding where it's not supposed to bleed. Mm-hmm. Doctors said 1% of population that get that survive. So, he was in ICU something god did something to me that night um like the there was a family in the waiting room and um there was a song on there um power in the name of jesus and that just kept playing and resonating and i cried out to god i said you can have everything i have just please don't take my husband right Mm -hmm. so two days later he walked out of that hospital miraculously healed by God. Doctors couldn't explain it. And knowing the doubting Thomas, right? He gave us a scar. He had a scar. So it, it was because I might have thought, well, maybe it was a shadow. Like you yeah, see, I mean? see, this, no. see that. Wow. And I just that has helped me through the last two years as we've gone through this pandemic. It's helped me um, believe in miraculous healings again, God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and it is happening today. Right. I don't know. It's just unbelievable. The healing and the process, um, it's not perfect, but it's life. Right. Wow. Wow. You know what what a testimony. <laughs> I,
0: know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I know it's just unbelievable B-
0: because I have to imagine. Um, so I've been married multiple times as well, and that was my behavioral pattern and it was a defense mechanism. It was the wall yeah. went up. Um, because when I would continue to be abandoned or hurt or, you you know, people see what they think they see from the outside to your point, but they don't know the, the inside, like they don't know who we truly are. And in my case, I don't know that I knew who I really was, you know, that young of an age. Um, but I just knew that I wanted to be accepted and I wanted to be part of something. And so, you know, you just really kind of go overboard and, and you do whatever you can do. And then you get the relationship or you get the thing. And then all of a sudden when that dissolves or you get hurt, you're like, well, I don't, I don't know what I did wrong. And now who am I now? How do I stop hurting? And man, that looks different for all of us. It's, you know, it's, you just go out and you do whatever you can do to not feel that pain. And yet whatever behaviors go on, um, that are addictive patterns, right. Then it's like, you, you feel worse on the other side of it, but they don't stop because then you do another thing to let that. And it's just, it's this cyclical thing. And when I was young, I had no idea how to stop it. So I just, what was interesting in my case is I was able to do those sort of behavioral damaging choices at the same time, be highly functioning with school or athletics or whatever else people thought the good girl did. Right. I'm like, Oh yeah, I can do that. That's easy. Yeah, Whatever. Give me a book. I'll read it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, I was like, a horrible decision maker on the other side of things. And I just said, this isn't me, that, that duplicity and that sort of, I I'm not this girl, but I can't stop those things from happening. It was really hard. And so, um, I also have been married five years. Yeah. I was never getting married again. Let me just say never, like never. (laughs) I was, I was, I was going to the convent. I was going to the convent (laughs) and I would be like, well, they're not going to take me because, you know, I have like a little bit of a resume here. That's probably not going to pass the muster, but, um, I was so far from ever thinking about being in a relationship again. And it wasn't until I was 40, uh, early forties that I met my now husband and wow. I went kicking and screaming. So our five year anniversary was in, uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, August 13th. Wow. And that was like, my thing was like, well, like, do you believe in God? Cause if you don't, I gotta go. Like, yeah. I just need to know that you're a decent human who understands yeah. how to treat people. Doesn't mean it's perfect. Cause let me tell you, it's not, <laughs> No, it's not, no. But what it is, is, um, healthy, you know, it's healthy banter. It's healthy discussions. It's healthy. Like you're on my nerves, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that kind of conversation is fine. It's allowed because you know our kids get on our nerves. I'm sure we get on God's nerves. Like I'm sure he's going, what is she serious right now? Like, has she not learned this lesson, but yet it's, um, a reciprocity of unconditional love. It's not transactional. And that's really yeah.
1: made the difference in my life at this point. Yeah. I can't believe we have so much in common and oh, all this I time. I never knew it. I didn't that either. Was, like amazing. Well,
0: I, yeah. I, I didn't know your exact so thank you, first of all, for for sharing with us. And you go on circuit and speak, or like tell us now. Like, what did what do you do? So I know you're an author, and you're a
1: public speaker, and I know you're a, an ordained minister. Tell us some more about this. Um, well, I've been I've been an addiction counsellor, a certified addiction counsellor in Canada for 20 years. Um, I trained other people uh, to become addiction counsellors in a college in the Toronto region. Um, And then I got laid off on that position. So God took me back to Morningstar in the States. I've always been drawn to the US for some reason and got my uh, degree in ministry there. Um, I met up through a divine appointment with my spiritual mom and also my uh, mentor for writing my book. Uh, Without her, I would not have been a published author. Mm. Um, When my book went in, finally, 20 years in the making, uh, every press machine in that, that whatever plant broke down putting out my book. They said that it had never happened. So somebody out there didn't want my book. And then it was released in December of 2019 and COVID hit. All my public speaking engagements, my book signings, everything got shut down. I still have 2000 books sitting down in my basement.
0: We need to go on tour. We need to go on tour because my book came out in March of 2020. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. If I showed you how many boxes of remorseless I have back there too. And yeah, I had one, I had the book launch, the book release party at the local um, Christian bookstore here in Grand Rapids, Michigan at Baker Bookhouse. And then I, my daughter and I went on vacation. We actually went to Hawaii for a week. It'd been a long time just planning this. And it was like a celebration of her graduation from college and my first and only ever book. And she's like, mom, let's go on a trip. So we're on the plane and I'm lysol the back of the plane. And Olivia looks at me and she goes, mom, you overreact. Like, why? Just chill. Just chill. I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. I'd like to chill, but I kind of have this feeling. So then the news continues every day and I'm like, we're not getting home. We're literally going to be stuck here paying $8 a gallon for milk or whatever. I'm like, how are we going to, how are we going to get home to Michigan? I don't like Hawaii is pretty, but I don't want to live here. Um, so yeah, it, it just put everything on hold. I have been honestly, Wendy, wanting to write a book my entire life. I finally found the ability, the gumption, the, the fear I, put it, you know, pushed it down. I did this thing. And then I'm like, really? March of 2020? <laughs> March 3rd,
1: 2020. Yeah. I know. though, I know. But but you I'm know, just like, I- God, why do you want? Why did you? Because ha- I originally only ordered a 1000 books. Yeah, right. Because I'm I was signed up with Amazon and Barnes and Noble and so on. I'm like, why'd you have me order 2000 books? I know that I know that I know that you had me order an extra 2000. And I still don't really know why. Right. I know that um, also when Dawn, Don was doing um, this thing down in the States where she put these little Christmas packs together mm-hmm. for all the female rehabs down yes. there. Yes. And I sent a book, a box of books down and it didn't even make it there in time. Got held up at the border. I'm just like, <laughs>
0: This will be revealed as well. We will know when the right time is for your book to go wherever it's going to go. I know it's an interesting thing. My whole thing, my first shipment of books were the printing was wrong. So I got to keep those books and only have to pay for shipping. So I had entire boxes of books that I shipped to, um, so, uh, social workers out in like Arizona who are working with children who are working with homeless shelters. I'm like, well, you know what, here, just please read this. Maybe this will help somebody understand who God is, you know? Yeah. It's not about us. You know, it's just about putting our words into the world, planting seeds. People come along and water it when the timing is right. When God goes, okay, this person needs to hear this
1: message right now at this time. So, yeah. 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 I know one girl gave her heart to the Lord as a result of reading my book. And, you know, my husband said, Wendy, if that was the only reason that we paid all that money and you put hours into that book, yeah. then isn't it worth it? And I yeah. went, yeah, 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 absolutely. Of course it so- is. Help me understand the remorseless, remorselessly. What is, what
0: is that? Yeah. So the title of my book is Remorseless, Learning to Lose Labels, Expectations, and Assumptions Without Losing Yourself. My whole thing was people just assumed certain things about me, achiever, bossy, you know, pick a label. And um, I wrote in the book that I'm convinced that as we grow up and we want to belong, that we either try and we do one of two things. We either try and live up to those expectations. You're the best. You're whatever. Mm. Um, or we try and fight against them and become somebody that we're not. And you and so for me, I got really off track. I, I got lost in who I was. Although I I knew it deep down that I am a very ornery, precocious, um, but loving human. I am absolutely like somebody who was right here. I would be the girl growing up that would always say what everybody else was thinking and they're like, "You have such a big mouth." I'm like, "You're thinking it too." Right? I'm like, "Oh, give me a break." Like, yeah. "Cram me, cram me a river, river. You're welcome that I said it." Um, now, what I will say is the older I get and the closer in relationship to Jesus that I have gotten over the years, I understand that my delivery was not always the best. <laughs> yeah. I understand that sometimes it wasn't self-defense. I would be, um, sort of on the offensive to try and prevent what people, what I knew was going to come my way. Right. Again, in self-defense mode, I think that's where a lot of us go. Yeah. So remorseless, the word itself means without guilt in spite of wrongdoing. Uh, I grew up Catholic. I'm telling you, I did guilt like you would not believe. So, um, I heard you mentioned premarital sex. This is all in my book. So it's not like yeah. I'm speaking out of school here. I, uh, you know, was way too young um, the first time, but yet I was in love and I was going to get married. And this was the one, and I am, this is my forever. I was like, you know, way too young, way too young for this. Um, and so when he broke my heart, I just went, well, I don't care. I don't yeah. care anymore. So I went to Ohio state, you know, and I just perpetuated this whole cycle of drinking and all of it, you know, all of it to, to get rid of that hurt. Like, why does he not want me? Why am I not good enough? Why have all these things? Like, I just, I didn't know how to, I don't know any of us know how to deal with heartbreak at that age or all of the brokenness. Like I, we're just not, I was not prepared for that, but in my Catholic upbringing, I, as again, an achiever, somebody who wanted all the straight A's who didn't want to be in trouble, who liked to follow, follow the rules when I was expected to, but break them when nobody was looking. <laughs> That's kind of how I rolled. Um, I was so afraid of God because I was taught, he sees everything. He knows everything. He knows your heart. And when I had to go to the confessional, right? This is what you do. You say, to, you confess to father, Mike or father, whomever. And I'm like, this feels weird that I, he's not God. How is he representing God? Because he's like the dude that I just saw out in the hallway. I'm, I, I'm very literal. Right? So I was a little girl. I had all these questions, but nobody would answer them for me. I would say things like, um, okay, if we're not supposed to have bad thoughts, then, but yet we're made in God's image. So God made us to be with him. God made us because we're like him, but yet you're telling me I'm this really flawed human and it's not necessarily my fault. I didn't make me, you know, that's, I, yeah. I, I, did, I, I was so little and so literal. Um, but all I heard was you're terrible. You don't really mean that you're sorry. For me, I was just trying to work the system. I was trying to say, okay, if I say 10 Hail Marys, if I say 11, then I'm good for a week. I'll go drink <laughs> six, six more Bush light and nobody will know any better. I'll go in the back of the train and like, I just, and I say that kind of in jest now, but I was a really good and loving girl who got herself into trouble. Cause I was bored. And, and mm. I didn't have answers to the existential questions that I had at that age, because nobody wanted to believe that I meant what I was asking. They were like, she's just trying to cause trouble. She just thinks yeah. she's smarter than everybody else. I'm like, I, like, I'm not thinking anything here. I'm just trying to get through life, you
1: know? Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I had a lot of guilt. I carried a lot of guilt, which obviously guilt and shame. And when I carried that around, I made terrible decisions. And so my mission in life is to, to share with people, you, you are not the sum total of your choices. You are not the sum total of things that have happened to you. You were not, I work now for a homeless shelter. You are not just a homeless person. You are not just a former addict. You are not somebody who had premarital sex, You've been divorced three times, whatever. You're not those things. Those are choices that you made in a situation oftentimes you had no control over or, or when you were living inauthentically to fit into the world when you didn't know really what kingdom was. Right. That's my message to people is like, keep moving forward because God is never, ever going to forsake you. He's always paid the price. He sent Jesus to say, it's okay. And for me, I I have a hard time when I listen to people who say, well, Jesus hung on a cross and he, he paid the price for us so I can keep doing wrong. That's not true. uh, Christ following, right? That's like, that's like, okay, I hear the story, but I don't really care enough. So I'm just going to keep messing up and think that somebody else is going to like, just pick up the pieces for me. Really, when we become transformed, it doesn't mean that we're without sin. It doesn't mean that we're without remorse. What it means is that we recognize what we did in the past, but we keep looking forward. And when we sin and when we mess up, we say, "God, I'm sorry. I, I, I feel this. I know this, and I am so sorry. Please be with me, so that the next time that temptation or a situation or whatever it is comes my way, I will be stronger. I will be strong. We build up muscles, right? Just like yeah. when you train for something, it's like I had to build up the muscle to be who I am. I had to build up the muscle to say, I know what you're trying to do here. And God loves me enough that he's allowing me to speak the truth in love, which is what scripture says. So in love, I'm going to say, please get out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <No>. <laughs> please, I love it. Please move on. Please move on. This is not good for anybody, but no. we have to believe that we're worth it. And so I just really want to show up in the world every day and help people to understand that they are worth it. We are all, every single person worth everything because we're made in God's image. God is all, all. absolutely. So that's what remorseless means just to continue on your journey without guilt, no matter what we've done wrong. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so happy that we got to to share this space and finally meet. Me too. Now I feel like I want to cross the border and come see you in Canada. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And vice versa. Yes. Anytime, anytime open invite. So where can people find you? I'm going to put this in the show notes. Where can people connect with you?
1: Um, they can, um, contact me on my website, wendynolministries.com. Okay. And there is a link there. They can reach out to me and I can send them a signed copy of my book ashes to beauty. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Well,
0: again, thank you for your time and for being here and we will follow you on life network for women as well. Awesome. Thank you. God bless you. You too. Talk to you later. Okay. Take care. Thank you guys. As always for being here each and every week. I hope that listening to Wendy, just speak into us and our conversation that she and I had just really was encouraging to you. You are not in this thing alone. None of us are. All of us have things in our past that have happened to us that were outside of our control that we never saw coming, that we didn't know how to deal with. We have those things you guys we all do we are not to be ashamed of those things we are not to live with guilt or shame because of those things jesus paid the price for those each and every thing that happened to us each and every experience that we had the ones we didn't even want to have we didn't mean to have decisions that we made when we were not following god decisions that we made when we were trying to belong or fit in you've heard us talk about this on the show Please hear me when I say this, you matter. You matter, you have value and worth and you are deserving of all the dignity because you're made in God's image, just like me and you and your neighbor, right? Everybody, each and every human on the planet was made in God's image, even people who have hurt us. Pray for our enemies, that's what Jesus says. Pray for yourself, forgive yourself. Do all the things that you can do to keep peace in as much as as possible with one another. Love the Lord your God, all your heart, mind, soul, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemy. Jesus says, it's easy to love people that love us, but it's really hard to love people who aren't loving towards us. And that is what we are called to do. And you know what you guys I've learned? It's not necessarily for them, it's for us. Because when we have a loving spirit and a heart that is able to forgive and a heart that is able to love others well, even when they have wronged us and hurt us, That is how we continue to become more and more Christ-like. So I leave you with that. If I can help in any way, reach out to me. I'm at BethFisher.com for personal and professional development coaching, leadership coaching, encouragement. My newsletter is on uh, that site as well. I send monthly newsletters with some kind of sometimes funny things that I don't say on the show. So, you know, an insider report, if you will. But I love that you're here with me. And again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I'll see you guys all next week. Peace. Thank you guys, as always, for joining me on another episode of the Remorseless Podcast. You guys, I, without you, well, am nothing. Kind of like we're all in this whole thing together. So podcast, shockingly, need listeners. And I so appreciate you, our listeners. Please, if I can help you in any way from a personal and professional development, coaching standpoint, consulting standpoint, book standpoint, speaking standpoint, whatever. Like if I can help you on your journeys please reach out. I'm at bethfisher.com and I will see you guys next week. Also, P.S. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast. Ah, I always forget to ask that of you guys, but please, please, please subscribe if you haven't and leave a review. Thanks guys.